Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in about 12 minutes, Damon is going to give us one of his world-famous movie reviews. He let me know that he's got one he's hot on. I don't even know what movie it is. Raider Nation, I have no clue. I don't even ask. This is a two-for-one special. All right, there you go. You got the preview. It's a two-for-one special. That's coming up in about 12 minutes here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Also, coming up about 4.30, we'll hear from Amir Abdullah in the Raiders locker room. That was on Monday. We had an opportunity to be there. You'll hear from him then, about 4.30 on this show. Uh, Also, we've been throwing out the question, if you can get one big ticket free agent offensively or defensively as you're trying to put this roster together for 2023, who or what would it be? Charlie in Montana said, QD, my one gift would be Javon Hargrave. If not him, Tremaine Edmonds, we've got to fix that defense. Again, I love how Raider Nation is thinking. Defense, defense, defense. Got to address the defense. We've been talking about the defense for a long time. I know there's been times that people don't want to talk about the defense, want to ignore it. You can't ignore the defense anymore. The defense has been ignored far too long. It has got to be upgraded. It must be a priority when it comes to what's going on in that front office. Uh, also, we got a text from uh, from someone in the 925. Parham should move to center. That was something we were talking about, the offensive line. Uh, we've talked about moving Colton Miller to the right side. Uh, Parham, I do think, is better at the at the center position, and we talked about that when he was drafted. Talked about the, the fact that we thought that he could uh, push for that center position. I could easily see him ending up at the, uh, at, at the center position. So there's that. Thank you so much for that. Um, Raider James in NorCal, the 415, said draft defense. Give Stidham a chance next year. Target Penix Jr. Next year, Stidham does not work out. Penix Jr. equals franchise quarterback, and he's from Washington. Uh, actually, we should ask Lincoln Kennedy about him next time we talk to him. I believe we'll have him on the show tomorrow. We should talk to him about Penix and think what he uh, has to say about the, the signal caller there from Washington. Thank you so much for that, you can keep those texts coming. Uh, of course, you can call in as well at 702-365-9200, but our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, let's see, Colin in Vegas said, got to agree with you, Q. Time to help the defense in a big way. Deron Payne and Max Crosby would be a great combo. We haven't had an interior push since Tommy Kelly. Remember Tommy Kelly? You don't remember Tommy Kelly. <laughs> I looked at DeMond, and DeMond's like, hey, I'm out on that one. Google Tommy Kelly. That, he was man. He was he was a fan favorite. He was a fan favorite, and there was actually a, a, a time, Demond, where his uh, his pants fell on the field. Uh, it was pretty funny that his. <laughs> I, I remember watching the game. No joke. I was watching the game, and I was like, I think Tommy Kelly's pants just dropped. <laughs> it was pretty funny the way it all happened. But he was a hell of a player. Uh, that's a good text right there. Uh, thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. And oh, Demond now Demond's knows. Yes, I know who Tommy Kelly is, but when I hear Tommy and it's like those mid 2000s, I always think of uh, Tommy Harris that played for the Bears. That was mm. all for a defensive tackle. He was. So it took me like that second to be like, no, you're thinking about the wrong Tommy. I know I am because I'm thinking about a Bears player. Tommy Harris, the pride of uh, Colleen, Texas, I do believe. He went to Oklahoma. So there's that. There's a little nugget there for you. How about that? Uh, when I think of Tommy, you know who I think of? I always think of Martin. Martin and Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of Tommy from from the show Martin. That was man. They don't make him like that anymore. So you can keep those texts coming. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Offensively or defensively, you could pick one big ticket free agent 
to bring into the organization? Who or what would it be? If you don't have a name, what position would it be? Let us know about it. I did want you to hear some sound from head coach Josh McDaniels as he wrapped up the season on Monday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And then right after we talked to him, we went inside the Raiders locker room. Again, you'll hear from Amir Abdullah coming up about 4.30. That was also from Monday. So want to start off talking about the quarterback position. This is something that Vinny asked head coach Josh McDaniels immediately was about the evaluation of everybody as he kind of went into a, a opening statement saying that they were going to evaluate everybody, uh, figure out who's on the roster, who's not on the roster. And so Vinny asked about, well, how quickly is the Derek Carr situation going to come to a wrap? You know, what are they going to do when it comes to the quarterback position? So here's coach McDaniels talking about Carr and that QB position. Uh, I think, I think again, I think there's going to be some time here that we need to go back through everything that we've done, um, and it's going to start with him, you know. And so we're going to look at, um, you know, the, the games we've played, um, our performance um, at every position, and try to, <clears throat> you know, just, just look at it objectively now. I mean, now we're not getting ready for another opponent. We're not focused on a game plan. Uh, now we're just looking at, you know, what we've done. And, um, and at the end of the day, you know, we'll need to make some decisions about everything. You know, that position obviously is paramount, but, you know, it would be no different in any other position. You know, but it'll, it'll start with that. That's the process that we're getting ready to embark on. Um, we have not done that yet. Uh, we will. Uh, and it'll take us a little time, you know, because that's it needs to be thorough and it needs to it deserves time. That's what it deserves. And so um, there's a lot that will go into that. And before we make any final proclamations or decisions, um, there's a lot of people that are going to need to you know, do some some evaluating here, watch a lot of tape, have a lot of discussions that are hopefully very fruitful. And uh, and then when we're ready to go, we'll move on. So it's going to be interesting how and, and when everything shakes out when it comes to the quarterback position. I mean, we all basically know it's coming to a head. We all know it's going to come to an end at some point. Just don't know how it's going to shake out. And, and you know, crazier things have happened. We all thought that Jimmy G was out of San Francisco, and, and he wasn't. So until it's actually official like a referee's whistle, we can't say that it's a done deal. But it just, you know, it feels that way. And so at some point, uh, the organization will sit down. And at some point, the quarterback and Derek Carr will sit down. And they'll have a discussion. And uh, they'll decide to do what they got to do one way or the other. So it should be interesting to see how that shakes out. But you have to uh, assume that that's going to be one of the first dominoes to drop. Now, I'll say this. A contract extension in some kind of shape or form for Josh Jacobs could happen before even the quarterback situation happens. Because they they know right now, okay, this is what we want to do. This is how we're working on doing it. Um, This is what the contract extension looks like. And his agent will know, no, that's not good enough. Or maybe that is good enough. You know, I mean, it's just one of those situations. You mentioned Joel Corey. The CBS, uh, he's he's great at CBS, former agent. When uh, Josh Jacobs mentioned on Monday that he wants to be a Raider, but it's got to make sense, Joel Corey had tweeted out that, hey, I'd try to you know reshape the market when it comes to the running back position if I was Josh Jacobs' agent. And that's over $16 million a year, which is more than Christian McCaffrey makes. Well, Joel Corey tweeted out today, most likely – because that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. The, the Raiders ain't paying him $16 million a year, and I don't think anybody, honestly, as great as Josh Jacobs is, I don't think anyone's paying him $16 million a year because he's a running back, and the, that position's just been devalued, and even though Christian McCaffrey got it, uh, you see the Carolina Panthers really didn't get their money's worth <laughs> from him. You know, Now, 49ers are, are mm-hmm. benefiting in a major way. That was a hell of a trade that they made midseason, and I mean, really helped them be where they are right now, but I just don't see anybody giving a running back $16 million. He tweeted out that realistically, he thinks a deal for Jacobs will come in around $12 million. And that's what it should be, realistically. Exactly. Because he's speaking as a former agent. Yep. The agents, they always want to get their players the most money. 
And it wouldn't be, hey, it doesn't hurt to ask. No, no, All they can do all. is tell you no. Oh, worst if, they can tell you is yeah, no. If Josh Jacobs did say, hey, I want to be the highest paid back in the league. Right. But that $12 million, I think that's where we all are because if they would have picked up the fifth-year option, $8 million. $8 million. Franchise tag, $10 million. He outperformed that even this season by right. being the league leading rusher. So, hey, let's all meet in the middle and be happy at $12 million. Right. I, that's what I think makes a lot of sense. But, again, that's for them to figure out. Uh, and I'm sure they will sooner rather than later. Going on with uh, what Coach McDaniels had to say on Monday uh, at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center, one of the statements that he made was that it's evaluation season, and that includes him, you know, the head coach. So how does he go about self-evaluating? Yeah, um, I think number one is going back through and, you know, what was I what was I doing? What was I responsible for? How productive was I in my role in terms of the things that I was really responsible for in that regard? I'm obviously responsible for everything. But I mean, I think in terms of the individual hats that I try to wear, um, look at those things and see if um, they were as productive as we need them to be. Um, I think listening to other people is really important at this time of the year. Uh, there's a lot of other people that, um, you know, see me on a daily basis. Uh, I think that's true for everybody. Um, that's what I'm going to try to do with our coaches, and that's what I'm going to try to do for myself, um, you know, is listen to other people. They give me great feedback. They did all year long. Um and try to you know just you know be be very uh, constructive uh, with myself in terms of you know if there's things that I need to do better. And there's never been a year that I've coached where I didn't feel like I could do a better job. So um, I think that's that will definitely be true this year. You know, in a lot of areas, and I think that's probably going to be true with most people. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about how he does self-evaluating. So I jumped in and piggybacked that question and said, okay, well, you were a really good offensive coordinator. And I didn't say it in these words, but, you know, hey, you're a really good offensive coordinator in New England. Now you're the head coach. So how difficult is it to be, you know, the CEO juggling both positions, the head coach and the offensive coordinator, now that that's what he's got, that's his role here with the Raiders? It's a great challenge. It's also um, very rewarding. Um, you know, you, you try to, you know, maintain the, the culture, the vibe in the building day to day, uh, our attitude, our mindset, and try to be just a productive leader every day. Um, and it's not just solely focused on offensive plays or, you know, offensive production, uh, as, as obviously my career has centered around mostly. Um, and so it's so one of the reasons why I wanted to do it, you know, is because I think it's an opportunity to challenge yourself and it's an opportunity to grow as an individual. Um, I certainly don't have all the answers. I leaned on a lot of people this year. I'll continue to do that. Um, I have a lot of people that influence, you know, the things that I do on a day-to-day basis, and um, those people are very vital to me and to our organization. So, um, you know, it's definitely a different perspective. You know, you have to divide and conquer. Um, you have to trust other people, which I think I've tried to do a really good job of giving people responsibility and then trying to be there if I can to help them in any way that I can do. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, really leading and, and making sure that we're trying to do the right things day to day as a football team, not just as an offense, is really where, where it starts. So there's a the coach right there talking about juggling the head coach position and also the play caller being the CEO of the team. It's different when you're just a star player or you're the star uh, you know, offensive coordinator to all of a sudden be the guy in charge of everything. Right. It'd be one thing if the only responsibility I had around here was coming here and do a show. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> It'd be fantastic, man. But it's not 
right? Reality is there's more responsibilities than just going on and doing a show or just going and being the OC. I mean, he's got to be the CEO of the team. He's got to dip his toes into everything, but not be that guy where he's got to be overbearing, right? There's a fine line. You don't want to ignore things. I don't want to be like, all right, Damon, you just go ahead and take care of that. And I'll, I ain't never going to worry about it. No, you, you got to worry about it, but uh, you got to be able to trust your guys too. It's a fine line and it's very hard to figure out. And everyone isn't good at it. Hell, I wasn't good at it for a very long time, right? I had to continue to try to develop. And, and the more time that you spend with people, you start to know who you could trust and who you can't trust. And when you start trusting people, that's when you're able to allow them to do things. But they also have to be guys and, and, and young ladies, obviously. I mean, whoever it is, whoever is working with you or for you, that, you know, you could tell that they know what they want, right? They, they don't make, you know, one decision, then, then waffle on it the next day, right? I mean, it's got to be... It's got to be all on point all the time. And once you start learning that, that's when you can have, okay, I could trust this guy to do all that. I know he's got this under control. And that's why so that I don't put too much stock when people want to talk about the Denver years. Mm-hmm. I mean, how old was he? In his mid-30s? Right. Obviously that you're not going to know it. We've seen throughout the NFL who have been these successful coaches just right out of the bat in the first end. And I know you can throw out, you know, a John Madden, a Sean McVay. Right. But history shows that not everybody's going to have it figured Sean out. Sean McVay's about to dip out the league. He's about to be like, <laughs> deuces. <laughs> but it just goes to show, so many times we had a text yesterday, hey, you remember what Shady McCoy and it's, right. whoever the other player was. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, what they had to say about Josh McDaniels. And it's like, yeah, but. And the yeah, but is he's learned from those mistakes, and you're not always going to be batting a 1,000 that first time around. No, you're almost guaranteed to fail the first time around. It's almost a guarantee, but that's uh, some good stuff right there from head coach Josh McDaniels. We've got a couple more sound bites. We may be able to get to it throughout the course of the show. Before we get wrapped up at 5 o'clock, we still got from Amir Abdullah. Uh, Plus, I want to tell you about another, uh, not award, but a nice little accolade that Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs has received as early as today. But we want to hear from you. If you could help put this roster together in 2023, you can get one big ticket free agent offensively or defensively. Who or what would it be? 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. Coming up next, we'll get to those texts, we'll get to those calls, and Damon's got a two-for-one special. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it out loud. I might have someone from the hallway come running in there. What the hell are you talking about, Q? Ain't no two-for-one specials around here. What are you talking about? This is Radish Radio 920. I know what you're saying, but you're you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing me. I you're stuck you. in your zone, and I you won't allow you. yourself to listen. I am hearing you. No, 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 no. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 4.30, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, received another accolade today. One of the many accolades that they received for the 2022 season. Both guys over 1,500 yards in their respective positions. Josh Jacobs over 1,600 yards rushing. And Devontae Adams over 1,500 yards receiving. Uh, only five teams, four organizations, five teams have done that. Had a 1,500-yard rusher and a 1,500-yard receiver in the same season. The Cowboys did it twice. The Lions did it once. And the other team was... Uh, don't remember. I don't remember off top. There was the Cowboys did it. Oh, no, that's it. Four, four organizations. Duh. There, no, that's only three. The Lions did it twice. No, the Cowboys did it twice. Sorry. Jeez, I'm confusing myself. The Lions did it once. The Cowboys did it twice. The Raiders, obviously, this year. Who was the other one? Was it the Vikings? It wasn't the Vikings. Man, don't make me go back and look it up. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll I look it up. I don't have the answer for it. I'll you. look it up while you give us... 
I, was You're ready, too fr- I, was I don't want I don't want I don't want to take away your shine right here. We'll talk about that at 4:30. But you have a 2 for 1 special. I know it's something movie related. You are the movie guru, and I say that in air quotes very nicely because when there's <laughs> only you and me and I don't know nothing about movies, I can't be worth the salt. So I ain't worth the salt when it comes to movies. Hell, the wife and Sarah went to see the the movie with the blue people. Uh, yes, Q Avatar yeah. too. She went, they went to be- see. They went to see that because they're like, "Oh, that's three hours long. He ain't gonna go see it with us. He can't keep his attention that long," which is true. So, anyway, I'm not the movie guy, but go ahead, Q. Thank you for leading me off there. The perfect setup, and I'm gonna dunk it home now. Avatar. Oh! Way of water. Yes, it is. This is the first part of the two for one special. That's why I'm so good at this. Yes, you are the man. I went to go see this that opening weekend, and let me just say, this movie has gone on to gross over a billion dollars. Damn, people are loving it. And I got to the theater a little bit early, and as people were coming out of the theater, I saw people. Man, that's the best movie I've seen all year. I was moved to tears. Multiple people, just me, you know, catching a bit of their conversations, moved to tears by this movies and I'm just like hey man I can't wait to go in this next showing I'm, I might cry who knows multiple people crying in this I movie I wish you would I wish you would have came out of a movie with a bunch of blue, blue, blue folks while you're crying exactly Q so let Come me tell on, you man. let me go ahead and the first avatar for people who didn't watch it I barely remember what happened in the first one hey the army the you know the, the people on earth we gotta go over to this new planet because they've got some rich mineral wasn't that, that we a need. long time ago yeah it was like 10 12 years ago I was about ago. to was say like when that first over- avatar came out I remember my barber back in Fresno was talking about it so I, was, I wasn't even into Texas yet. Yeah, so that's how old this movie is, but all the technology, it's in 3D. First of all, this is a gripe. This is not James Cameron's fault, you know, who made this movie. But I w- it's in 3D. And I'm sitting in the theater with my buddy, and I'm like, you know, 3D ain't what it used to be. <laughs> Turns out my 3D glasses were broken. <laughs> that's strike one. <laughs> that would be the case, right? I'm, right. The, I'm the one person in the theater right. that's just, hey, man, I don't know. You, isn't 3D it's supposed to be coming right at you? None of that. Wow. My glasses were broken, but Q, you remember a little movie. You you like Ice Cube's movies, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so uh, let me give you the plot of this movie, and let me tell you, if, ask you if it seems a little familiar. All right, so the first movie, he's got a he turns on the U.S. Army or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's the big bad guy. But the big bad guy that he beat up at the end of the first movie is coming back in round two. So then he says, hey, man, it's not safe for us here. We got to go live with our with some other blue people that we're the land blue people. Now we got to go kick it with the water blue people. And they say, hey, man, that's dangerous. Just don't bring any problems here. Don't start no mess here, right? <laughs> know what that sound like to me? Sound like Boys in the Hood? No, that sound like next Friday. Oh. What Craig got to <laughs> oh, go yeah, do? Yeah, he yeah. got to go move with Day Day because <laughs> Debo coming. All right, James Cameron, you can't you can't get one over on me. There you so the go. first half of this three hour movie, man, it's the plot the next Friday. Wow, that they gotta go you move are from funny. the they living with the one blue people is yo man. We gotta go take our family and be safe with the other blue people. That is hilarious. And then they're saying, hey man, just don't bring no trouble. It's like, yeah, we ain't gonna bring no trouble. And what Craig doing in next Friday? Getting in with Big Joker and them. Yeah, yeah, he brought trouble. And guess what? what? Trouble comes to find him in Avatar 2 the way we think it's going to happen. For three hours, yes, it looks great. It looks majestic. <laughs> They've got the, the land So avatars. they just redid next Friday, but in, with blue people instead mm-hmm. of black people? With a billion-dollar budget. <laughs> <laughs> I saved you. I love this description. This is the greatest breakdown ever. So if you were thinking about, should I go see the Avatar, wait for it, on, there's your description right there. Just go watch next Friday. Exactly. <laughs> but instead of Craig and Day Day, you got, you got 10 feet blue people fighting it out. There you go. All right. I'm, <laughs> there I'm we go. And not as good as next Friday. I'm ask going me. home. I'm done. Ice Cube did it about 20 years ago and saved me an hour and a half of my time. Oh, my gosh. This is great. 
This is fantastic. So moving on to the next movie on the two-for-one special, and this is something that I actually enjoyed. I don't know if you've seen the movie Knives Out, but I love a good murder mystery. And no. they came out with a part two for it. This one is called Glass Onion. Uh, it's one. It's a, it's a title of the song from the Beatles. But the thing about Knives is Out... This, is this a movie movie or is this like Netflix movie? It's on Netflix. Okay. They, they put it in theaters for... Is this know, the one that they've been advertising on TV where there's a lot of famous people in yes, it? Yes, a lot of famous okay, people. Okay, I see it uh, on the, the news former, in the morning. The James I watch Bond. the news in the morning. I'm telling you, I'll be watching the news. Daniel Craig, the former James Bond. That's one of the best Paul Craig! <laughs> yes. <laughs> one of the best parts about this movie is they take, obviously, James Bond. What is he, British? They take a British man and they say, hey, we're going to give you a Southern accent. So me being Southern, it's one of those, nobody sounds like that, but it's a fun movie with a lot okay. of famous people. Okay. Where it's a donut hole. You know, it's a hole inside of a hole. And it's like, what? No, who talks like this? Nobody. But it's a fun murder mystery of a movie. Do that again. It's a donut hole. But it's a hole inside of a hole. This donut <laughs> is not a donut as it seems All to be. All I can imagine when I'm hearing that is you saying, yes, Master Sir, I'll bring you some lemonade, Master Sir. Yes. Well, that's how he said. That is how, that is how this British man, he said, how am I going to do my southern accent? Oh, my god! I'm just going to make it as... As there's one part in the movie as where they slave friendly yes. as possible. Is that there's, what you're trying to say? There's one part in the movie where they say it's so it's so dumb that it's brilliant. He's like, no, it's just dumb. <laughs> you sound like a broke Morgan Freeman. Yeah, well, hey, I'm not. This is this is me doing as close to the accent as I can do from Daniel Craig. And <laughs> I am in out. tears right now. Raider Nation has no idea. I'm in tears. This is hilarious. But for Glass Onion. They do. Hey, he's one of the world's best detectives. Okay. So the richest man in the world, he invites his friends. He calls them the disruptors. Think about if they tried to do like an Elon Musk type character. Obviously not that smart, even though everyone thinks he is. But, you know, not taking shots at Elon Musk there. So he invites all of his friends to a private island. And it's during COVID. So that's nice to see in a movie that they're not just... You know, acting yeah. like COVID never happened. Right. So he invites all of his friends. There's one part in the movie where they, they're wearing their mask and a, and a strange guy comes out and he just says, hey, pull down your mask. And he shoots them with something <laughs> in their mouth. And he's like, yeah, you won't be needing the mask anymore. And that is exact. You know, conspiracy theories. I do think that the rich people, they had the vaccine a little bit earlier than us. You know, just that quick. You're good. Okay, but that's just a conspiracy that's, theory that, that I'm throwing out there. Yeah. yeah. Side you, don't have to, you don't have to believe in it. I don't. <laughs> But anyway, they go on the mysterious island, and then it's, hey, who invited Benoit Blanc? That's the detective guy. Who invited him? Ah, you know, but it's a murder mystery theme. And then, you know, chaos ensues as they try to find out who is trying to kill Miles Braun, the guy, their Elon Musk type, the richest guy in the world. And that's good because I love a good murder mystery. It's not as good as the first Knives Out movie, but still a very good movie. If you just want to sit down for like close to two hours and be entertained— that's a movie to see. Okay. And it's on Netflix. Okay, let me ask you this, because I could do that. I could do the Netflix thing. Every once in a while, it's funny you brought up a, a show that had uh, they, that they acknowledged COVID. I was watching Law & Order SVU the other day, and it was an <laughs> episode where they were obviously going through COVID. Problem is, I fell asleep, mm-hmm. so I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. But could I watch Knives Out 2 without watching Knives Out 1? Oh, yes. That's the beauty of it. Where they only did that, they put mm-hmm. because so people would know that it's the same like lead character. Uh-huh. Because this one, Glass Onion, it's... The way they want to do it, because I listened to the director, he just wants it to be a new murder mystery where obviously you have the same detective. Yeah. Let's say like a Sherlock Holmes or something. Okay. Where every movie would just be him solving another case. Oh, okay. So yeah, you don't need to watch the first one at all. Am I good? I mean, so there's not going to be anything like references that I won't get. I mean, I don't care if there is. No, there isn't. I mean, it'll yeah. be, hey, you're the guy who solved the one crime, right? Okay. And I, yes, he, he is that guy. All right, there you no, go. No, so, no other characters reoccur besides the detective. So Knives Out 2, what would you give that? An eight out of ten. Okay, so that's one that definitely watch. Yes, blue people, want- blue pe- people Friday next or next Friday. What do mm-hmm. you call it? 
man, a four out of ten. <laughs> if you like going to the movie theater, which I like to do, and if you just want to see, hey, look at these ten foot blue people. This obviously, and I will give them this credit for this okay. because James Cameron, he is the he made the Terminator movie, Terminator Two. He knows how to do a good action scene. Okay, so when they're shooting them up at the end. That's some good action. If you didn't know, they shoot him up at the end. <laughs> I mean, you know, now you know. Bang, bang, shoot him up. You know, it's it's a lot of action at the end of the movie. You know how it's going. I do. I don't know why these 10-foot blue people need guns. I mean, <laughs> they're 10 feet tall. Was, I mean. Shut up. Shut up. Between the 10-foot flu, 10 blue people and the uh, the old slave that you just had on the air with you, I don't know what to, I don't even know what direction to go. It's so funny. What would what would the interaction be like if the old slave that you described uh, it's not, it, ran up on the blue person? Well, there seems to be a mystery, a mystery that's a little bit confounding. It just doesn't make any sense. And then it would be, hey, we're out here in the in in our land, in our. It's like I don't know what accent they're doing. And these blue people that are obviously voiced by white people have dreadlocks. They don't need the dreadlocks. I don't know why the blue people needed dreads. They're from Santa Cruz. Exactly. <laughs> That's another and thing. Rastaman. Ex- why don't exactly? You know, there are a lot of faults oh with this gosh. movie. You got ten foot blue people that are that sound like they're from Santa Cruz <laughs> with dreads, <laughs> and it's just like, what are we doing here? Shout out to my folks from Santa Cruz. See, the good thing about being able to shout out Santa Cruz here in Vegas, people know what the hell I'm talking about. When I would shout out Santa Cruz in Texas, they'd be like, Santa Cruz, where? Mexico? <laughs> so, <laughs> Santa Cruz, the Beach Boardwalk. There you go. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, there you go. So not so much a 4 out of 10 for the blue folks. And then 8 out of 10 for Knives Out 2. We got a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line. D, you're nailing it. Knives Out 2. Then we got a text. Damon, are we still going to the movies tonight after these two movie reviews? I hope so because I'm wearing my aviator sexy outfit just for you. Sincerely, Kayla, a.k.a. Sir Whiskey Ray. That's funny. Oh, man. That is hilarious. That is definitely not the movie you take anybody out on on a date. You know, it's, oh, never mind. I'm wearing my, my Avatar sexy outfit. He, he hit us back and corrected, not his aviator. That'd be funny. A blue aviator instead of a blue avatar. <laughs> I'm on the whole, I can't wait to get home and ask the wife, is this accurate? I damn near am tempted to call her right now and be like, is this <laughs> accurate? <laughs> we could call her. <laughs> Did you think it was just next Friday with blue people? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you were right. <laughs> We'll do that next. 4.32 is the time. We'll also hear from Amir Abdullah, but we'll call the wife and see what she thought. We're the blue people next Friday. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.37 is the time. We have a few minutes left in today's show. It's been a very action-packed show. We had Adam Hill at 2.30 talking all things Raiders. Eric Galco from the East-West Shrine Bowl game at 3, Paloma Villacana at 3.30. Plus, you also heard from Deron Harmon, heard from Josh Jacobs, going to hear from Amir Abdullah. We heard from Damon on some kind of movie review about blue people and then knives too. I guess Damon efforted the wife to see if she can give us a review and she did not answer. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. She did not answer. It happens. We'll send straight to voicemail. I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I thought, I didn't know if she got off work at 4.30 today or 5, because sometimes she leaves at 5, but thought we'd ask her. I will, I'm sure I will get less chicken, beans, and rice when I get home today for that effort to kind of put her on the radio. It's all good, though. It'll work out. I mean, does she not like being on air? Have you done this before? No, uh, I've put her on the spot before. <laughs> like, if she's out at an event, 
I'll, you know, she'll randomly walk by me and I'll be like, hey, what do you think? You know, and I'll just put her on the spot and she does, she's not a big fan of that at all. But it's okay. Okay. You know, who, who doesn't? Look, man, she knows what she signed up for. <laughs> she knows what she signed up for. Good or bad. Isn't that what they say? For better or worse. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot of worse. Tell you that it was uh, Thanksgiving and Vegas Pete hit us up on the text line. I remember I was doing the show from home. And the question was, hey, what are you guys going to have for Thanksgiving? Chicken, chicken, rice, and beans? And I said it out loud, just like that. And she came running out the room. And she may have given me the double bird. And I won't, I don't talk about chickens. And I wasn't talking about turkeys. And said, hey, I love chicken, rice, and beans. So it was a pretty funny story. She's a good sport about it, though. <laughs> I would tell you to call Sarah, but I think Sarah's working, too. <laughs> Try to get. I get sure don't want to get. I sure don't want to get her in trouble at work. <laughs> she gets in trouble at work, then I got to pay more. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> her bill becomes my bill because I had to be a funny guy. So I don't want to do all then that. You'd be mad. Why are you answering the phone at work right. anyway? What are you doing? You're supposed to be focused on your job. But I knew she. No, you let that thing go to voicemail. So anyway, I'm sure. Right now, the wife is like, I can't believe this dude tried to call me. But it's all good. Mailman Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. He says, Santa Cruz, along with a ton of places in Cali, is underwater right now. Be safe out there. Yeah, there's some massive storms out there. Uh, communicated with a f- few folks out there in Cali and, and saw that. So, yeah, anyone out there, man, that's being affected by those storms, definitely be careful, man. That is no joke out there. Um, also, we got a text from the 707. The other team with the 1,500-yard receiver and running back is the Colts. That's right. Thank you. And I actually pulled that up on NFL Communications while DeMond was going through his little uh, whatever he was doing. And I saw that, that it was, yeah, the 99 Colts, Edgar and James, uh, 1,553 yards, Marvin Harrison, 1,663 yards receiving. The 95 Lions, Barry Sanders, 1,500 yards, and Herman Moore, 1,686 yards receiving. 95 Cowboys, Emmett Smith, 1,773 yards rushing, Michael Irvin, 1,603 yards uh, receiving. And then the 91 Cowboys, Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin again, 1,500 yards, 1,563 yards for Emmett Smith, and then Michael Irvin, 1,523 yards. The only problem is all those teams were, were playoff teams. The Raiders in, and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams were able to do it. But they did not make the playoffs. So before we hear from Amir Abdullah in the Raiders locker room, did want to let you know about the accolade that was received by both Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams uh, earlier today. The NFL Players Association created their own all-pro team for 2022 season. Every active NFL player had the opportunity to cast their vote for the team, with the results exclusively decided by their collective votes. Each player was allowed to vote for their own position group and position groups they line up against. Players were not allowed to vote for themselves or their own teammate, and any player that missed five or more games as of Week 15 was ruled ineligible. So the team goes like this. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Running back, Josh Jacobs. Fullback, Kyle Usack from the Niners. Wide receivers, two of them. Jefferson from Minnesota and Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Left guard, uh, Joel Batonio from Cleveland. Center is Jason Kelsey. Right guard, Zach Martin. Right tackle, Lane Johnson. Ed Rusher, Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett. Interior defensive lineman, Chris Jones. Aaron Donald. Nose tackle, Dexter Lawrence from the Giants. Off-ball linebackers, Fred Warner and Roquan Smith. Cornerbacks, Pat Sertan and Darius Slay. Free safety, Minka Fitzpatrick. Strong safety, Derwin James Jr. <clears throat> Kick returner, Cordell Powers, Patterson. Excuse me. Uh, punt returner, Kevontae Turpin. Core teamer, uh, Jeremy Reeves and Justin Hardy. Kicker, Jason Myers. Punter, Tommy Townsend. Brother of Johnny Townsend, used to be a Raider. Uh, long snapper, Morgan Cox. So that's the whole team right there. And a lot of people, when I tweeted out the team... We're like, where's Max Crosby? And that's a very good, very good question. 
Uh, Max Crosby, with the season he had, I thought that he definitely deserved a spot on that. But when you look at the edge rushers, you can't you can't take Nick Bosa off, right? Because he's probably going to be defensive player of the year. And Miles Garrett has a very good argument every year. So, I mean, Max Crosby's had a fantastic season. I would have definitely put him on there myself. But I could see teams saying, well, look at what Miles Garrett has done this year. So they put – and this, again, this was the, the peers. This was his – his, uh, his peers and position groups that played against him. So basically offensive linemen that had to block him. So that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. I thought it was cool that they actually put out this team uh, because, again, it's the players that are voting on it. But, you know, Max Crosby came up a little short. I'm sure that's something that he'll say, okay, you know what? Next year, I want to make sure that I'm on that list. And so uh, Max Crosby had a fantastic season. But when you look at what Miles Garrett was able to do, and, again, I think he has an argument each and every year. Um, let's see. He had – Played in 16 games, 37 solo tackles, uh, 63 total tack, 60 uh, total tackles, 16 sacks, 18 tackles for losses, 91 sack yards, four passes defensed, uh, two forced fumbles. So that's really where it is. I mean, Max Crosby had 12 and a half sacks. Miles Garrett had 16. I think that's where it really boils down to. Uh, Max Crosby had more tackles for loss. He had more tackles, and man, he had what 88 tackles on the season for a defensive end. That's incredible. That is an incredible number. Like, that just doesn't happen to have as many tackles. And I want to make sure I get that right, that he had 88. It might have been 78. I, it, it, was, it was an incredible number that just does not happen. I want to make sure I get that right. I don't want to, I don't want to be giving you no. You're right. 88 okay. combined 88. tackles. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That, that lets you know that he's not just trying to pin back his ears and get to the quarterback. He's also trying to stop the run. He's also all over the field, which is something that you saw from all season long. And, oh, by the way, he played in every game. Every single game, 12 and a half sacks, 102 sack yards, 22 tackles for losses, four passes defense, three forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery, and a kick block. So those numbers right there, I mean, I know that Miles Garrett ultimately had, you know, three and a half more sacks, but everything else screams that Max Crosby should have been on that list. And I know Max Crosby's not going to say it's an individual award or anything like that, but I bet you he takes that a little, little personal because those numbers right there, he had just a big of an impact on the team, on the game, as Miles Garrett did, if not more. Yeah, and I know that Max Crosby hasn't come out and any hasn't come out and say anything, but players do take it personally. Michael Parsons, he's put out some tweets about you know not being on this All Pro list, where it's it, it's it is it's that little bit of edge where I wouldn't be against it if he were to come out and at least say, hey, next year I'm gonna make it. Right. Next year it's gonna be undeniable that he's for, for his peers an All Pro, a first team All Pro at that. Right, no doubt, no doubt. I, I think that that is something you want to find a way to motivate somebody. You know, I knew that the numbers were close with Miles Garrett and and Max Crosby when I actually looked at them and broke them down. I mean, I, there's no doubt that Max Crosby should be on that list, right? And again, this is voted on by his peers, so that just means that he has to get more guys talking about him and and recognizing the talent that is him. Because Max Crosby was fantastic this year. Yeah, he was, but also. I do think that sacks still matter. Yeah, they and do. when you get that, when you get those sacks, like I'm not saying that players didn't that the offensive linemen that were voting on this, hey, they weren't talking about who had the biggest impact on them. And I also that maybe if you didn't play against Max Crosby, hey, you don't realize how good Max Crosby is. But if Max, excuse me, but if Miles Garrett got two, three sacks against you, oh, he's definitely the best defensive end. He's definitely the best edge rusher that they played against. Right. Well, there's 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 kind of a Miles Garrett gets that. You know that kind of a, a a buzz or a little bit of a you know credit because he's been around doing it for a minute, right? And every year feels like he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. So I understand where naturally he's at the top of mind for people. 
But man, those those numbers. I mean, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, I feel slighted, <laughs> right? I'm like, damn. Hold on, man. I mean, Max Crosby definitely got slighted. Miles Garrett only played in 16 games. Max Crosby played every one of them. Miles Garrett only had 60 tackles total. Max Crosby had 88. I know he had 16 sacks, but only had 18 tackles for loss. Max Crosby had 22. Sacks yards for Miles Garrett, 91. Max Crosby had over 100. Miles Garrett had two forced fumbles. Max had three. Miles Garrett had no fumble recoveries. Max had one. And he sure didn't have a kick block. I mean, I don't know, man. Hey, players. Yo, players. And also, I know that this contributes to Max Crosby having more tackles, but it should also help his case even more. He played in 96% of the defensive snaps yeah. for the Raiders, and Miles Garrett only played in 79% of the snaps for the Browns. So when it comes to who's a not even a better player, but who's a more impactful player and who's out there doing more, I think it's Max Crosby. Yeah, I do too. Uh, again, I didn't have any problem with him not being on the list, but the more that we go over it and the more we look at the numbers side by side, it's like, eh, actually, I kind of do have a problem with him not being on the list. 4.47 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back here from Amir Abdullah. Wrap up the show. This is Radish Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. My man Rick hit me up on Twitter and said, bro, when your, cute, when your wife filmed your reaction to the Alex Leatherwood pick, that was hilarious. I got to give her props for that one. She's a good sport. She's a good sport when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> she, doesn't be, she doesn't mind being part of the shenanigans, except for when we try to call her live on the air to get her thoughts on Avatar. You want to try to call her one more time? Oh, 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 oh definitely. <laughs> I was hoping she'd call back. <laughs> he kept looking to see if she's going to call back. No, she ain't. She ain't calling back. She's going to be like, man, I bet you, I bet you almost money. I ain't got the money, but I bet you, I bet you she's uh, going to send that thing straight to voicemail again. We're trying to get her, her thoughts on Avatar before we go to Amir Abdullah in the Raiders locker room. Really good stuff that we got from him on Monday. Let's see DeMond's reaction. He'll know right now if, if she's going to go ahead and send us the voicemail. That's funny when we do it live on the radio like this. No proper planning at all. No, hey, let's try to set this up during the commercial break. <laughs> we'll just go ahead and do it live on the... Yeah, she's not going to answer. <laughs> so anyway, we've had a very eventful show. Had plenty. We definitely appreciate all the feedback that we've got on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r Also, our listener line is 702-365-9200. We're going to wrap up the show with our sounds from Amir Abdullah. He was in the Raiders locker room. We met with him on Monday. It was Vinny Bonsignor and others. And uh, the one question that I asked him about kick return, we didn't get on this sound because, well, we turned off the recorder before it got wrapped up. But still, here's Amir Abdullah in the Raiders locker room. I know the record didn't indicate it necessarily, 6-11, but was there progress do you feel made? And, and are, is the future here brighter than maybe the record might suggest? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure any other team that's sitting at 6-11 or not in the playoffs would definitely say they're a lot better team than what is reflected, and um, but I truly, mean, I truly feel that way. Like we're a lot better team, and how some things transpired throughout this year, and just hope a lot of guys take that same mentality into next year, understanding that um, we look at a couple games, we're right there. You know, if we would have gone the other way, we're looking at a different situation, and um, I think that's the most healthy thing for a lot of guys to do at this point. Like you said, me being around the league for a long time. I think the best thing you can do to actually get yourself ready for the next year 
is to think about the positives mm -hmm. more so than you know what went wrong, and uh, that can you know you can feed off that and build on that with a good off season and move on from there. So. Obviously, you weren't here last year, um, so you didn't know what the differences were from last year to this year with, under Josh McDaniels, but you have played it under a number of coaches. What was your assessment of, of the coaching staff and of Josh and um, how he went about it? I mean, it's a professional league. You know, they, they hold you to a standard to be a pro, um, handle things like a pro. Uh, I would say I've been fortunate to play for a lot of coaches who've coached a long time in this league with Mike Zimmer. Um, Jim Caldwell with the, with the Lions, uh, and now you know Josh McDaniels who spent a lot of a lot of time with the Patriots, been a head coach before, um, had a very successful career. So I, I would say it's very similar in the aspect that you know they just expect you to be a pro, handle things like a pro. So. What did your what did this year mean for you personally? They gave you an opportunity, you seized it, and you forged a nice role for yourself. What, as you look back on this season, I mean, um, it's good. There's bad. You know, uh, I definitely feel like. Uh, there's a lot more out there for me, definitely. And, um, you know, just moving forward, I think one thing I did learn from this year is that um, uh, you definitely got to make the most of every opportunity you have, you know, just in life in general, yeah. you know, not just, you know, football-related. But uh, it's definitely something that I really cherish, a lesson that I really feel like I lived through this year. And for my, my children, I can definitely really, you know, shed that light on them. Right. Hey, when you get an opportunity, no matter what it is, you know, give it your all. Right. You know, do your best and respect the people around you in the process. I know a lot goes into this, but would you like to come back here and play with us? You know, I mean, I love my teammates. You know, of course, um, it definitely has to make sense for me. It definitely needs to be a situation where I feel like, um, you know, what I'm giving is being met in a, you know, the right way, mm -hmm. compensation-wise. But, uh, yeah, I love the Raiders. Uh, best fan base I've ever played for, for sure. So, um, I actually grew up a Raiders fan. So it would, it would be it would mean a lot to right. you know continue my career. Like you said, I've been playing a long time. So hopefully, even in my career here, you know it, it, would, it would mean a lot to me and my brothers who kind of grew up watching you know the legacy of right. this, this program. So yeah, I would love the opportunity to come back. So there's Amir Abdullah. See right there, he grew up a Raider fan, said he'd love to come back, but he said it's got to make sense. Again, when they say it's got to make sense, they're talking about the compensation. They're talking about it's got to make sense financially. Right. I mean, everyone wants to go back, but also everyone wants to get make sure they get paid and get paid what they feel like that they're worth. So uh, there's some really good stuff from Amir Abdullah. Again, uh, cut off the recorder before we asked him or before I got a chance to ask him about uh, kick returning, went into a really elaborate answer about it. Uh, but he, he basically summed it up with saying it was all about timing. It was all about timing and, you know, that they were just a couple steps away and his timing was what was off. And didn't allow them to take one back to the house. But uh, he felt like, like I felt like, that they were very close a couple of different times throughout the course of the season of getting one return all the way to the house. And so, obviously, they'll have to wait for next year. Uh, whoever's doing the kick return, if it's Amir Abdullah or someone else, they'll have to return or they'll have to wait till next year to see uh, what can happen. What are you laughing at over there? Oh, uh, we just got a text from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. Okay, what do he say? Uh, I'm not going to repeat it on air, but it's a funny one. How are you going to set it up then? How are you going to say we got a, a funny text, but you're not going to repeat it? I, I, you can read it. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Q, I love it when DeMond takes me to the movies because he always puts a popcorn bucket on his lap with extra butter. Sincerely, Kayla. Sir Whiskey Ray. Sir Whiskey Ray is never going to let the Kayla conversation go. You you failed on that one. Failed on what? You. <laughs> we don't want to go down that rabbit hole again, Mr. Meme. Uh, we said, you know, I talk about you and your memes like every day. Somehow that you and your meme situation comes up in conversation almost every day. Hey, man, I mean, a good meme. No. That might get a reply on the story. I mean, who knows? You don't even know what stories are, do you? 
Don't need stories. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, I got conversation, saying. brother. I don't that's need stories. Start, that's how you start the conversation. Do you? Got a little meme. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's a little meme. 456 at the time. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, 2 to 5 p.m. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Of course, JT the Brick in between both of us, 12 to 2, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Appreciate Adam Hill from the RJ, Eric Galco, East West Shrine Bowl, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. And, of course, appreciate all the Raiders that we talked to in the locker room earlier this week and also on Saturday. And head coach Josh McDaniels with the sound bites that we had. So a lot on the show today. We appreciate everyone who chimed in by way of the phone line or the don'tbebroke.com text line. We'll be back doing it again tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.